Welcome to the What in the World is God Doing podcast, conversations with Highland Park Missions Partners in Casper, Wyoming, and around the world. In the midst of global crises and a daily onslaught of discouraging news, this podcast will encourage you about the good work God is doing around the world and inspire you to join in God's mission in our everyday lives. Highland Park Community Church exists to take risks to pursue God and love like Jesus. And our mission partners are courageously living that out at home and abroad. I'm Darren Edwell Palker, the Go Pastor at Highland Park. And joining me today is Pastor Mike Fackler. Pastor Mike has been the lead pastor at Highland for over eight years and has an enormous heart, not only for Jesus, but also for his global work. So Pastor Mike, we're so grateful that you're here today on our podcast. Darren, thanks so much for having me today, man. I'm excited to be able to hang with you. It's fun. Yeah, man. So missions has always had a big place in the heart of Highland Park. So tell us about that. Tell us about the role of missions and why it's important for the local church to capture that passion. Yeah, you bet. Uh, So you said this earlier, I've only been here eight years, but uh, the reason missions is such a big deal here is because it's in the DNA. In fact, what I would say of Highland, Highland's a church that, man, you know, goes back to gosh, before 1968, so we're 50-some years old. But the whole reason this church exists was a movement of missions. Mm -hmm. Like somebody thought, hey, Wyoming needs somebody to come out there, love it, reach Wyoming with the gospel. And so a group of people came out here for the express purpose. It was missions-driven. And so, you know, uh, I think about the pastors who have come before me. You, In fact, you said his name. His name's Cliff, right? Yeah, Cliff Tierney. Okay, tell, tell us about Cliff real yeah, quick. Yeah, man, so Cliff Tierney is this rock star guy. He passed away yeah. a, a couple of years ago in his late 90s, and okay. Pastor Cliff actually planted a church in Southern California, okay. South Bay Church of God, which is where I pastored uh, from 2006 to 2018, just before coming here. Oh, that's crazy. Pastor Cliff was the very first faith promise mission speaker at Highland Park about 40 years ago, around the time I was born. Okay, so Cliff who planted planted the church that you were at was like the first, he was one of the first mission speaker here at Highland to just talk about missions. Yeah. And he brought this idea of faith promise, the way that we uh, partner and and provide financially for missions here at Highland. Dude, you know, and I'm sure you feel this way, you know, we've been on team together for a little bit, but really, you know, we're just following in the footsteps of people who've come before us, whether it's Cliff, whether it's or a pastor who was here before oral Withrow, whether it was a founding member of the church with missions, whether it was John Spear. Uh, for those of you who are listening from Highland, you guys will recognize some of those names. But all to say, missions is in the DNA of this church. It isn't something to think we should do because we're Christians, and my goodness, Christians should do it. This church exists mm. because the heartbeat is all about missions. Without that, this place doesn't exist. And so tell me then, I know that you're passionate about it. Yeah. And I know that you talk about missions. You you are laser focused on getting us in our community, around the world, having Jesus conversations. So yeah, Jesus where did that come from, man? Like where did your passion for missions begin? Oh man. Okay. So Darren, we're gonna we're gonna meddle. And I guess I would just say <clears throat> sometimes I'm nervous to tell you. Um, and I'm only nervous because I'll be vulnerable. Okay. And so I'm going to be vulnerable. I'll be honest. I'll be transparent. Not, And I always am in others. This is just the unpolished, like yeah. the unvarnished. But man, that's, that's where we live. Let's go there. Yeah. And so that's, if, if you're somebody 
who got roped into listening to this and your heart doesn't beat for missions mm. or if um if you know somebody whose heart doesn't beat for missions have them listen because hopefully this will be an encourage an encouragement to them my story is my story is really weird um i grew up in the church uh Love Jesus, believe in sharing the gospel, a church I grew up at uh, in in Holland, Michigan, Central Wesley, and the family I grew up, grew up in, a great Christian home. My dad was a missionary. And so in my history is just this weirdness um, where I would go on mission trips. I remember uh, as a teenager going on mission trips with student ministers. I remember in my 20s leading mission trips. And so missions is part of the DNA, but I also remember this. There are two different moments for me, and maybe this isn't a big deal to others, but but they were for me, is the first one involves selfishness. Mm. Just a selfish person. And when people, some of my coolest moments I remember are just around hearing what God was doing around the world and that was inspiring, but then they asked for money. Okay. Okay, they, you know, they ask for money, and I was like, yeah. I was in all the way with what God was yeah. doing, but now you want money. So there's something there that was just like, like I love the idea, yeah, but the, the money aspect was was hard. Well, the money aspect for me was hard because how I viewed it was this is my money. Got it. I worked for this. Yeah. I've got a list of things that I want. Yeah. Like I'll pray. Yeah, hey, you bet, man. When they're when they're like, hey, will you give a one time gift? Will you pledge a certain amount, or will you pray? Mark in the check, the check by the prayer box. <laughs> it was, it was I was like, I can do that, but it, there was a time I couldn't because I was just such a selfish, selfish person. And uh, I think I think everybody can relate to that on some degree. The other area that really that I really struggled with missions is feeling manipulated. Like I was mm. in some mission pitches, uh, whether it was around sponsoring a child or whether it was giving to missions where they led with yeah. what I perceived manipulation. Yeah. And what does that go back to? It goes back to money. Mm. But now all of a sudden there's a pride aspect in there. And if you're hearing this, the brokenness was in me. Yeah, I, There's brokenness that kept me from engaging missions, but there's also other people's sinfulness like, how do you have, why, why would you try to manipulate somebody into giving? That is abs. people are going to sniff that out, man. Mm -hmm. That's, that's mm -hmm. horrible. But those were, those were two things um, that, that were obstacles yeah. as far as missions goes for me. Well, I, I so appreciate you saying that. And I know it's, I know it's hard. Thank you for being vulnerable. Yeah. The reality is so many of us hear things like missions. It could be prayer. It could be evangelism. It could be, I mean, like you name it, right? Yeah. The things that we know that we're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes there's just a block in us, a resistance, whether that's coming from someone else outside or within us. But yeah. that's such an important point that you brought up because it's like, again, we know, yeah, okay, missions, God's work around the world. We should all be pa super passionate about it. Yeah. Um, but that's not always the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, uh, again, going back to my Central Wesleyan days back in Holland, Michigan, where I grew up. I'm 40, I'll be 46 this year, and I remember of all the missionaries I ever heard speak, there was a guy from India who mm. came, and he said two things I'll never forget. He said, one, you never know how much you need God until God is all you have. And he had spent the whole time talking about 
all he had was God, and he was talking about his life and the power of the Holy Spirit at work. That was one of those moments that was really captivating. That got you. That got through. Oh, that got through big time. And there wasn't the guilt manipulation. No, I mean, I'm all in. And here was the second thing he said. He started wiggling his feet on stage, and he says, I, I forget how old he was. He says, this is the first pair of brand new shoes I have ever worn in my life. Wow. And I remember thinking in that moment, I was like, dude, let's get this brother some shoes, man. I was like, I'll, I'll give the shoes. You know, I'm like, anyway, anyway, that was a good moment, I guess. So, so then tell us, walk us through then, there was an initial resistance or uh-huh. there was kind of a sense of like a disconnect. You'd hear these messages, didn't seem super passionate. What happened? What changed? Yeah. So Jesus gives the great commission. And I've always known that, like go into all the world and, and, um, God has a global focus. For me, I think the thing, for me, what, what broke through was obviously the Holy Spirit, but he used a book to do it. And it was called A Hole in the Gospel, written by, uh, at the time, he was the president of World Vision. His name's Rich Stearns. Mm. And uh, he just kind of shared his own journey. And there were some things in his journey that I could really identify with. Mm. And after reading that, God used that moment to just really break my heart. And I was like, Lord, forgive me for being so selfish. Um, Lord, thank you for helping me see a much bigger picture. And then I remember going home, and that was one of the first budget conversations that my wife and I had. I said, hey, we're not loaded. We're not getting rich doing this ministry thing, but we're in line for a raise. God helped us through this year. We don't need that raise. Like, we don't need that money to be able to make it through this year. We made it through and we were able to do some things. Here's what we're going to do. We are going to partner with God in what he wants to do around the world. And we're going to give that raise, all of it. We're going to give it to him. That moment, if you ask my wife, a transforming moment with our finances, with our faith, everything, that was a moment. And she will, if she was here, she would tell you, she goes, that day he came home and we talked about it and I thought he was crazy because, man, here we are. This goes back to selfishness. It's like, we get more. Hey, we earn this. Hey, we don't make a ton. We could use this. But we made a line saying, God, we're going to trust you. And, dude, God showed up big time and has continued to do so ever since. Which is so awesome, man. And, and here at Highland, we do something called Faith Promise. I alluded to that yeah, earlier. Yeah. And it's different than what a lot of churches do. Typically, Mm -hmm. churches have a budget, and they say, hey, we're going to give 3%, 5%, whatever, to missions, okay? Whatever that is. And that's awesome. That is so good. Yeah. And it strikes me as it's a little safe to play that way. Sure, Because what we do is we say, you know what? Missions is not a line item in the budget. Yep. Missions is separate from the ministry, the local ministry of Highland Park Church budget and tithes and all of that. So what we're saying is we're asking people to pray and say, God, would you supply something that I don't don't have right now. Yeah. I'm not necessarily even expecting to have. It's not even, you know, I mean, your story of the raise is really powerful because that is God's extra provision, but faith promises basically saying, God, I'll partner with you. Yeah. I'm going to pray and you give me a number. And this year I'm going to trust that you provide that in some unexpected way. I mean, there are crazy stories about God just showing up because he owns it all, right? Absolutely. And he's Absolutely. looking for people to say, hey, I'll just step up. I'll be this vessel and you pour it through me and I'll give it. And so that's one of the things that I love about Faith Promise. It's, it's not meant to be this heavy handed, like manipulative, like people are dying unless you give kind of thing. Yeah. But it's saying, listen, 
God is at work restoring and rescuing humanity. Humanity. And, and he wants us to partner with him. Yeah. He's going to do it. Yeah. But you can join in. Absolutely. He's got a global focus. He wants, he wants his kingdom in places where hell has its handprint. And so he wants his kingdom to take over in those places. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't want to make this all about money. I mean, the three sure. steps that I encourage people is pray, go and give. So yeah. pray, get God's heart for what it is, get in touch with what yeah. you're passionate about, what moves you mm -hmm. go and do something about it. Cause he's given us resources and abilities to do it. Absolutely. A and give, but we don't want the giving to say, okay, there, check the box. I'm done with missions. It's really yeah. mm. about engaging the world. And, and I think you do an amazing job of helping us realize that in our everyday lives with Jesus conversations. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're listening and you don't know what Jesus conversation is, it's local missions is what it is. It's just literally, it's a spirit-led conversation where uh, you either share Jesus with somebody, pray for somebody in Jesus' name, or care for somebody in Jesus' name. And that's on a local level, and it can be done on a global level, too. Yeah. So. And going back to that yeah. point, Mike, about sort of the resistance, sometimes mm -hmm. even that, again, it's a great idea. Yeah. But I'm wondering sometimes if people might hear that as a should, like I should do, I'm supposed to do this, but I don't really want to, or how do, how does somebody get past that? Whether it's missions or Jesus conversations or serving in some way, like how does somebody listening that's feeling kind of that internal resistance? Yeah. Oh man, I'm so glad you asked that question. Uh, here it is. Remove the mouthpiece, whoever's speaking, because there are moments where you do feel this should and maybe manipulated and guilt or, you know, pride. Remove who's ever talking. Listen for what the Holy Spirit is saying. Is what they're saying biblical? Is it godly? Think about those things. I mean, the Bible says whatever's pure, whatever's noble, whatever's true, whatever's lovely. Think about those things. Remove the personality behind the voice that's saying it. Remove whatever notion you think is behind it and listen for the Spirit. And when you get there, it allows God to breathe life into you, and it's from that place that will mobilize your heart and mobilize your mind. And now, all of a sudden, God can deal with the selfishness in your life or my life, that he can deal with the pride in my life. And then what he does is, because the way that the Spirit is so life-giving, he fills you up, and, and he, his desires become your desires, mm which just fuels passion. And now it's not, I have to do this because I'm a Christian. I have to do this because Mike said I had to. I had to do this because Darren said I had to. It's I woke up and I get to join God in what he's doing today. This is absolutely amazing. Sign me up. And I can get all rah-rah and I can get really excited about it. And, and there's a lot of reason to be excited about it. But here's what you need to know. Paul said this. He talked about his life being poured out. God will fill you up in the morning, but you just need to be prepared to go to bed poured out. Mm. And if that's not the reality, I would say you need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Man. So, so. so what you're saying is by implication, there's a lot of us that might have kind of tepid water in our cup that's been there a long time. We haven't stale poured, water, stale stagnant, water, right? Gross. We haven't poured it out, and we're wondering why is my spiritual life stink? Yeah, like why is this? Like why is there mold in here? And this stuff, there's not like a freshness. Yeah. So I'm hearing you say part of that's pouring it out. Pour it out, man. And God pours it back. That's Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely, that's awesome. So, what is on your heart? You've been around the world. Mm -hmm. um, give us a snapshot of 
what you care about in terms of missions. Okay, so can, I'll totally answer that. Can we go back to your Faith Promise deal for yeah. a minute? Okay, so Faith Promise, man, it's dude, Highland Park is one of the only ones that does it. It's like a dinosaur. <laughs> I mean, if, if you talk to other Church of Gods around the they don't country, do nobody does this. They, they, they do the budget thing. They do the budget thing. And I, listen, I think Fine, that that's not, it, absolutely great. Right. Yeah, Do the budget thing. Everybody should do Faith Promise, and here's why. Because there's no risk, there's... There's, there's no downside. There's no downside. You're saying, God, if you give it, I'll, I'll, I'll do this. I'll pass it on. What I would encourage you to do, connecting my story to your story, is look at your budget. How did like? Are there some things that you want to do? God's not saying you can't have a car, you can't have a phone. He's not even saying you can't go get a new bow or a new gun or go on a family vacation. But not all those resources have have to happen in one year or things like that. Figure out what that budget is and then say, okay, everything over this number, I'm going to give to you. And just pray your way through that. And hey, God's given numbers before. He's like, I want you to pledge 5,000. Okay, that is a total leap of faith. Like <laughs> yeah. five, where'd that number yeah. come from? Yeah. But And I'm not saying that's the number, but I'm just saying, right. okay. It, well, and it goes back to this Genesis 12, what we're looking at, Abraham, we're blessed to bless. God said, Abraham, I will bless you. Yeah. And you will be a blessing to the nations. Yeah. In other words, God is going to pour his blessing through yes. a person. Yes. He could do, I mean, but the crazy thing is, is God who owns all the resources is not dropping loads of cash into the budget at Highland Park. Like, right. He gives to people yep. who give. That's it. Or not. Yes. So we. Or they hold it back or, for yeah, themselves. So we become sort of that conduit and that, and that bridge. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. That's it. So we, we are anticipating, anticipating a great harvest as far as missions and, uh, and faith promise around here. Mm, so awesome. Passion, global passion, global passion. Okay. Global passion. I would have never had this global passion if I hadn't moved to Casper, Wyoming and attended Highland Park Community Church. My global passion is the Middle East, uh, specifically Lebanon, I was introduced through our mission partners that Darren can talk to you all day long about. Uh, his name is Camille Melky. He's got an organization that God put on his heart to lead. It's called Heart for Lebanon. Lebanon is right above. It's just north of Israel. And um, Syria has made the news. You know, the leader uh, has just not treated the local people very well. And the local people have been uh, chased from their homes. Their homes have been blown up and and uh, they've been shot and killed and they're running across the border and they make it to Lebanon because it's so close and Camille and his team meet these people when they have no clothes when they have no food where they have no home and they have nowhere to go and Camille meets these guys and he feeds them and he clothes them and, and when I say Camille I'm saying the organization Heart for Lebanon that Camille leads he educates them and, uh, and he shares the gospel with them. I got to go a couple years ago, and there, I was the first guy who ever got to tell a group of kids at these schools the story about Jesus feeding the 5,000. Wow. That was so mind-blowing to me. I, I, first of all, I was scared to death. I was like, why are you making me do this? And they're like, no, we want you to. I was like, okay. And they're like, they have never heard this story before. I've heard that story for 46 years. Yeah, since you're like three in Sunday school. Can you imagine never hearing that story and why? Mm. I mean, these kids' eyeballs were like huge. It was, it was awesome. 
And then I got to sit in tents and I sat across from men and women created in the image of God who were following, following a different God than I was. Talk about how they were driven from their homes. They saw family members shot and, and some of them had family members killed and they were living in this hut and how Heart for Lebanon came along and fed them and clothed them. And while I was there, I saw women, uh, I saw women in Bible studies, learning about Jesus. And and you guys, do not underestimate what I'm about to say. That could have cost them their lives. Their husbands had every right to kick them out, to divorce them at a minimum, at a minimum. Killing them is on the table. And yet the work of the Holy Spirit protected these women. These women went home. Their husbands were converting from the Muslim faith to the Christianity faith because somebody met them, took care of their physical needs, their emotional needs, their spiritual needs, and they said, dude, I am all in on Jesus because nobody else is doing that. Then I wind up in a church service, and I'm in church service at a, at a height of the war on terror in America. Mm. I am in a church service with Iraqis. I am in a church wow. service with Iranians. I am in a church service with Syrians. I am in church service with Lebanese people, and we, with different languages, are all praising the name of Jesus. And I said, and I, and then, then you know, in typical missionary fa- fashion, they throw the American up there, and they're like, you need to say something inspiring to us. And here's all I had for him. I said, only the God of the Bible, only Abraham, only, only the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, could break down all the stereotypes, wow. could break down all of the understandings and bring Iraqis and Syrians and Iranians and Americans together. And we're all living at peace and in unity and worshiping the Father. I said, today, this is what heaven looks like right here, wow. brothers. This is heaven right here. And uh, that was, man, so all to say, that was a huge eye-opening experience for me. And it's just one of the, re- I mean, it's one of the many reasons I love Lebanon and uh, what God's doing there and the people over there, not to mention their their cuisine. Their cuisine is worth going just for that. So <laughs> Well, and, and Heart for Lebanon mm. uh, has been and, and is this year our global missions focus. Uh, they are doing some amazing work. As you mentioned, the two, two million some refugees that are in Lebanon, yeah. the whole country of Lebanese uh, of Lebanon has four million Lebanese. Yeah. And then you add two million yeah. refugees. The, 50% increase. Yeah, the government is unable to care for, provide, feed, clothes, and educate. So Heart right. for Lebanon is stepping into that gap. Yep. What we're going to do this year, uh, they have this program called HOPE, Helping Overcome Poverty Through Education. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it basically provides school for these kids. Now, there's like 600,000 yeah. kids. Yeah. They're right now reaching 300. Uh we are going to help them reach 450. Come on. By adding uh, $60,000 to their budget this year to awesome. help them expand teachers, <laughs> classroom space, and all that. But, yeah. but here's the deal. You got to understand, if those kids aren't in that school, they are educating themselves. Yeah. They are becoming radicalized. They are not hearing the gospel of Jesus. And so, I mean, yeah. this is powerful, powerful work. And again, we get yeah. to be a partner. The guy's like, listen, I'm doing this. Yeah. I'm doing it. You can join me if you take this step. 
Can I can I tell one more Lebanon story? Yeah, it's about exactly what you talked about. You said you know they're getting radicalized. So I'm in a car and we're on our way to uh, to go hang out in a in a like a camp, a refugee camp or whatever. And we're in the car with the with the local heart for Lebanon guy, and he looks at me and he goes, "You all should thank me." And I was like, "What?" I was like, "For what?" You know, it's like okay. And he goes, "He goes, man, I'm converting terrorists into Christians." And he, I was like. I do thank you for that, man. I <laughs> yeah. do thank you for yeah. that. But he even saw, yeah. not he didn't want to take a terrorist and make him a Christian. He just wanted to take somebody who was dead in their sins and didn't know uh, about the goodness of God, and he wanted to help him yeah. see it. But, but he I was able we, to frame it up. But we often don't ask the question, what in the world would cause another human being to wake up one day and decide to you know, murder innocent people? Yeah. And, 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 and I'm not excusing it, but there are factors. Absolutely. Of, of poverty, of hopelessness, of despair, yeah. of trauma that would lead somebody to that place. Absolutely. Unless they hear a different story. Yep. The story of Jesus. And that's, that's what Hard for Lebanon is. And they're on the ground. They're doing it. They're doing the work. Seven days a week, 24-7. Yep. It's amazing. Hey, as we okay. wrap up, yep. Yep. you quote a verse almost every Sunday mm. at the end. Tell us what that is and why. Uh, Ephesians 2.10. Uh, I don't think you're supposed to have favorite verses in the Bible, but if if I'm allowed to have a favorite, that is hands down my favorite. And here's why. Because it answers life's biggest questions. You think about life's three biggest questions. Question number one, or let me just tell you what the verse is. The verse is Ephesians 2.10. It says, we are God's masterpiece. Some some translations read workmanship. That's fine. And in the Greek, it's actually poema, which is cool. Yes, which where is his, a poem. Yeah, where his, his ex- unique expression. Yes, this beautiful expression. And um, so we are, uh, we are God's masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good works that God planned for us long ago. What are the three biggest questions in life? Who is God? Well, Ephesians 2.10 tells me that. It tells me that he is my creator. It says there is a God and he is the creator. Everything I see, my life is his expression. What do I love about it? It tells me, what is the second biggest question that people ask? Who am I? People, there are identity issues all over the place. What Ephesians 2.10 tells me is that I am the creator's creation. I am made in his image. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And he wants to call me his. These are identity issues Mm. all over the place. And then what is the third question that people always want to know? Why am I here? Why am I here? Like, Everybody's looking for their purpose. They're like, do I find my purpose in a relationship? Do I find my purpose in a job? Like, do I find it in my work? Do I find it in my hobby? This is all different places that people seek to find their identity or their purpose. But Paul, the Spirit through Paul, or Paul through the Spirit, I should say, says that we are created to do the good works that God planned for us long ago. I find my greatest joy, I find my purpose, I find my identity in doing those good things that God planned for us long ago. And here's what I want your listeners to know, is that God isn't trying to make cookie-cutter followers of Jesus. It's, it's a blank canvas, and he lets us paint. And, uh, and I, man, I just think that there's, there's a wildness and a beauty to, uh, to allowing the Holy Spirit to work in each and every one of us. And that's why I love that job. I want our church to know that, man, God made them, that their creation and that their purpose and identity can be found in all of that. It's powerful. Powerful. So, hey, parting thoughts. Yeah. Parting thoughts. 
Okay, so if I was in your room and in your house and we were having coffee together, uh, mostly I'm just gonna I'm gonna approach this like I would like we're living here in Wyoming. Wyoming is a very outdoor driven state. I, Wyoming, you know, we love all things outdoors. I love hunting, whatnot. I guess I would start with um, I would start with this. Fast forward to five years, ten years, fifteen years, twenty years from now, you're on your deathbed. Mm. What's going to matter to you most? Are you going to be like, you know what? I really wish I'd have taken one more vacation. I really wish I would have bought myself one more thing. I don't think we're going to think in those terms. I I don't think I'm going to think in those terms. I think when I get near that point in my life, and and I think about it now to help prepare me for that moment, is I want to invest my life in the internal. I want something that lives beyond me. And the only way to do that is by investing in people. And I'm just just talking money. I'm talking with time. Mm -hmm. I'm talking with talents. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about investing in their lives. But one of the conversations that we've had today is about investing resources as well. And so I would say that when you're on your deathbed, you're going to think about, did my life matter? Did my life count? God has given you today to make it count. So in the way that me being in Wyoming, who loves the outdoors, might go outside to sight in his rifle and hit a target or grab my bow and arrow to hit a target, I want to give you a target. Mm. Here's the target. I want you to invest in people's lives. Take my personality out of it. God invested in your life by bringing and giving his son Jesus so that you might have life and have it abundantly. And he invites us, he invites you to join him in a global outreach of letting people know this. What I want to encourage you to do is use your spiritual gift, your time, your talents, and aim your resources at investing in people's lives. You won't regret it. Mm, It's awesome, man. On that note, would you pray for us? Yeah, did that, we run out of space on the deck? On the deck. Yeah, like, on, or are we still going? No, we're, we're still going, recording? man. We're okay, good. We're still recording. We're good. <laughs> there was a humming that stopped yeah, in my no, headphones, I, and I was like, oh, okay. I, cool. I think it's like a heater or something. I was like, Darren, I talked too long. No, bro. dude, you're we good. You're good. Okay. You're good. So um, hang in there, guys, listening. Uh, we're about to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up. But I want Mike to pray for us because that passion, I think my takeaway from this conversation. Mm hmm is number one, missions is vital. It's God's heart and, yeah. and it's, it's his global work. We need yeah. to be a part of it. But yeah. Number two, as humans, we might not feel that. We might not have that same heart, that motivation, that passion. But I think yeah. as we draw closer to the heart of Jesus, I love what yeah. you said about Jesus conversations mm. and, and listening to his heartbeat and letting yeah. him live through us. Yeah. At the, the closer we draw to Jesus, the closer we draw to his heartbeat and his yeah. heart beats for people. You can't love Jesus. You can't say you love Jesus and not love people. It's impossible because Jesus loves everybody. Yeah, and created them. And created them. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, so close this out. Just pray in your heart for Highland, for those listening, yeah. and for the world. So, Lord, uh, thank you so much for today. This is the day that you've made, and we're going to rejoice in it. 
And Lord, as you look down, as the sun came up in Wyoming today, the sun was setting in a different part of the world. And the fact that you are fully aware, fully aware of over like 7 billion people on the planet, you are intimately aware you're part of their existence, you created them in their mother's womb, is just so much more than my human brain can even get its head around. But in that, I'm, I'm smart enough to praise you, to acknowledge that you are all-knowing, that you're all-present, and that you're all-powerful. All and so today, I pray that you would raise up an army of your followers, Lord. I pray that today would encourage those who are already part of a mission, and I pray that those who may be on the periphery or not engaged, that your Holy Spirit would use this to inspire them in some way to join you in the global uh, effort that every tongue and every nation would confess that your son, Jesus Christ, is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I would just simply say, uh, man, you are able to do immeasurably more than we could ever dare ask, hope, dream, or imagine. So all glory and honor goes to you alone. And so, Lord, may we be your masterpiece that steps into the work that you planned, good work that you planned for us so long ago. Help us have a local approach, a global approach. And uh, Lord, to you alone be the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mike, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us. Yeah, thanks for so letting me hang with you. It. And for you listening, thanks so much for joining us. Our goal is to get you moving on mission. Follow our missions Facebook page at HPCC Missions. Go to HPCC Church slash missions to sign up for weekly service updates in Casper and beyond. And subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends about it. In the midst of the craziness going on, we need to hear the good news of what in the world God is doing. We'll see you next time.